0: Welcome into a Friday edition of Locked On Cougars. Hope you all are doing fantastic out there wherever you might be. Independence Day weekend is here. It was Canada Day yesterday, the 4th of July, coming up on Sunday. But plenty to get to ahead of that right here on the podcast. You're going to hear a little bit of a conversation that DJ and PK had with Tom Homo regarding name, image, and likeness and how BYU is going to operate in this new era of college sports. We'll also talk a little bit about the details that BYU put out regarding name, image, and likeness. And, of course, catch you guys up on everything else involving BYU sports, including... A look back at 1977 for the BYU football program. Really cool year. Uh, Two quarterbacks standing out. Uh, Famous quote from the BYU-Utah rivalry. We'll get to all of that ahead on today's podcast. It's all brought to you today in part by our good friends of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Whatever might be involving the draft, whether it's player profiles, mock drafts, uh, whatever your team might need, team needs, all that stuff. It's all covered by the guys at Locked On NFL Draft. Download that podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, without further ado, let's get going here on a Friday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 2nd, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, Thank you again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on all things BYU. A reminder for you guys, real quick: if you haven't done so already, please leave us a rating and review, especially if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts. Majority of you are still doing that, based on our metrics, those ratings and reviews are absolutely critical to the success of this podcast. It's crazy thing we've been doing this almost three years. Next month will mark the three year mark of doing this podcast. We've done over eight hundred episodes, and your guys' support has been absolutely phenomenal. But if you haven't done so, already, just another request for you guys to leave those ratings and reviews and continue to help us build out this incredible community we have found with the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, talking a little bit more about name, image, and likeness today, obviously. BYU is going to be very careful about how their brand is put out there with regards to these student-athletes promoting or endorsing products. There was some hubbub put out there by BYU making their release uh, of BYU's guidelines for how name, image, and likeness is going to be governed by the university, but I don't get why people are so uptight about BYU and upholding the standards of the honor code. That's what I saw on social media yesterday. A lot of people saying, well, BYU players can't endorse college. Well, that sucks. Why would you ever go there? And other people saying that, well, if BYU doesn't get with the times, they're going to fall behind in college sports. Newsflash, folks. BYU's essentially been, always been behind the times. Let's be clear about this. And the funny thing is, is the honor code is actually an attractive element for some student athletes. Now, we understand that there are other people who come to BYU for playing time. They want to play football and all that stuff. I get that. But I just don't get the backlash I saw on social media yesterday. I thought BYU's guidelines are very straightforward. First thing is compensation must be within fair market value. And that's an interesting concept there is what is fair market value? I don't know. And FinDaddy, by the way, Casey actually reached out to me on Twitter yesterday to ask about this thing. Jake, how do you determine what fair market value is? Honestly... In my opinion, this just is my personal gut feeling. I don't really have a straightforward answer on this. I'm going to pursue and see if I can find out more about this for you, Casey, as well as the rest of you BYU fans. But I believe that fair market value is essentially what the market will bear. If a a company, uh, an individual is willing to pay an athlete a certain amount of money, so be it I really think it's just whatever the market will bear if you can get a thousand dollars for an autograph signing get the thousand dollars my opinion on this name image and likeness situation for BYU athletes is go get that paper no matter where it might be but also make sure you uphold the standards of the university because in addition to this it says that student athletes may not be compensated for athletic accomplishments that makes sense pay for play student athletes may use BYU athletic athletic department related marks and logos so the BYU Logos, including all aspects of the uniform, only after those rights have been secured through a formal agreement granting specified rights. BYU, let's be clear about this, is very, very careful with their branding and their imaging. Let's put it this way for example, this podcast, when we launched, was going to be called Locked On BYU. Well, we happened to get a certain letter, an email from BYU, or emails from BYU saying, hey, if you guys are going to do this, you may have to issue a cease and desist letter because BYU is very, very careful with. They're branding an image. So I don't think student-athletes are going to be pro- prohibited from using BYU uniforms or wearing BYU gear when they do these endorsement deals, but they do need to have an agreement with BYU and they'll work on that down the road. Now, other things here. Student-athletes may not enter into NIL agreements with companies, businesses, causes, or products that do not conform to BYU honor code standards. Some examples of such prohibited areas include, but are not limited to, alcohol, tobacco, gambling, adult entertainment, coffee, etc. I don't get why that was so controversial yesterday. Apparently, people just don't know what BYU's Honor Code is all about or have not read the Honor Code. And I guess that's just simply how it goes. Student-athletes must also comply with BYU Honor Code standards, including university dress and grooming standards, while engaging in NIL activities. And also, use of institutional facilities, including athletic department facilities, is prohibited at this time. That was a little bit surprising to me that student-athletes will not be able to use practice fields, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, the Marriott Center, Miller Field, whatever it might be the various athletic areas or venues that BYU has on campus, they're off limits to student athletes. And I think it's probably more about protecting branding and imaging for BYU. But at the same time, I think that'll probably be re- revisited down the road a little bit. Cause I've seen other student athlete, uh, not student athletes, other universities, are saying that their student-athletes can use those facilities, LSU among them. I think I saw yesterday that LSU saying, you know what? Use all the branding you want. I think that's actually kind of a recruiting chip for LSU, and I think BYU may want to revisit that, and they may down the road. And then finally, in order for us to best assist you, speaking of BYU to their student-athletes, all student-athletes must have NIL agreements reviewed by the Athletic Administration before engaging in any NIL activity. Disclosure forms are enclosed in this policy. Now, BYU wants to make sure these student-athletes are being taken care of financially, but also being smart about what they're doing, and I get why they would have that in there as part of the stipulations. I think some people may think, well, is BYU going to prohibit a student-athlete from doing certain things? They may not prohibit it, but they may recommend, hey, you don't want to do this. You may want to look into some other venue or avenue of making money off your name, image, and likeness. And I think it's actually kind of smart. This Built for Life uh, program they have built out, Gary Verone running as the Associate Athletic Director for Student Athlete athlete experience we had billy nixon on who's very very much a part of this helped build out the program They're going to do their best to guide these student athletes to success both on and off the field, and especially when it comes to name, image, and likeness. But I think really the the biggest thing is the fair market value. I think it's truly just what the market will bear. Capitalism at its finest. If a company will pay you a certain amount of money, that is what you are worth. It happens in everyday life with every one of us in our careers. Well, guess what? I think it's the same here with name, image, and likeness. Now, for more on name, image, and likeness, we're actually going to let you guys hear later on in today's show from Tom Homo himself. He joined DJ and PK in the morning on the Zone Sports Network, the show that I happen to be the executive producer of. I'm going to let you hear his thoughts on name, image, and likeness, this new era in sports. What does he make of BYU student-athletes and their ability to benefit from these new rules? Well, you'll hear from him here in just a little bit. First, though, we're going to look back in BYU football history as our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown continues. We'll get to that next. Today's show, though, is brought to you in part by our good friends at Bet Online, folks. They are the easiest and the fastest way to bet on all of your sports action, no matter what your interest might be. NBA playoffs, the NHL, Stanley Cup finals, uh, Major League Baseball. I don't care what your interest is. Bet online has it for you guys in terms of your sporting needs, the odds, the prop bets, whatever it might be you're looking to bet on. Get to BetOnline.ag and sign up on your laptop or your mobile device now. You can sign up for free, by the way. You don't have to pay anything to sign up. But while you're there, make sure to take advantage of their special offer to our listeners and what that is is a 50% welcome bonus 50 yes 50% welcome bonus when you make your first deposit at betonline.ag all you got to do is make that deposit and while you're doing it use the promo code locked on l o c k e d o n and you'll get 50% of whatever you deposit the first time added into your account as free money to bet with at betonline simple concept there folks free money how many sports books are willing to do that well Bet Online is. Take advantage of it now. Promo code locked on at betonline.ag. It's all courtesy of Bet Online as they are your online sportsbook experts. Let's continue now with our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown. Looking back at 1977 today for the BYU football program, we talked yesterday about 1976 and how Gifford Nilsson, and by the way, Gifford Nilsson has one of the great nicknames I think most people overlook. And I know that we're not supposed to use the term Mormon anymore, but when your nickname is the Mormon rifle, come on. That is a legendary nickname, and Elder Nilson, as we now know him, I think that's a really, really cool nickname. And he was going into 1977 as a guy who was getting all kinds of pub. He had set all kinds of records in 1976, passing for over 3,000 yards as BYU went to that Tangerine Bowl, the nine-and-two record for BYU, Co-WAC champions. Well, they were predicted and projected to be WAC champions once again in 1977, but. Early on in the season, after passing for just over a thousand yards, Gifford Nielsen suffered a career ending, or not I guess not a career ending, but a season ending knee injury that ended his season and I think many BYU fans when he suffered that injury probably thought, Holy smokes, what are we gonna do? Our season has just been upended. Well, don't worry. You just happen to have a guy by the name of Mark Wilson who stepped in and just absolutely kept things rolling for the BYU football program and even took it to a higher level in some ways. So on the season, the two quarterbacks, speaking of Gifford Nielsen, he passed for one thousand one hundred and sixty seven yards, sixteen touchdowns against three interceptions. He was on his way, folks, to an absolutely insane season Had he stayed healthy, I honestly believe that he would have likely been in the contention for the Heisman that season. That's my personal opinion. But Mark Wilson took over and absolutely rocked it. 2,418 yards 24 touchdowns against 18 interceptions I think the interception numbers the older you get in the system with BYU it seems like interception numbers went down and Gifford Nelson as we mentioned 16 interceptions against th- six, not 16, interceptions, 16 touchdowns against 3 interceptions uh, Wilson with the 18 interceptions not great but he absolutely rocked it just stepped in there was just no fall off for BYU in 1977 and the season reflected that BYU started the year on on fire. Absolutely crushing Kansas State and Provo, 39 to nothing. The next week, they were ranked number 20 in the country. They went to Utah State and absolutely smoked the Aggies, 65 to 6. They followed that up with a number 15 ranking and a 54 to 19 blowout win over New Mexico. Then they suffered the first of two losses on the season. They lost to Oregon State as the number 13 team in the country, 24 to 19 on the road in Corvallis, but then bounced back with four straight wins. Smoking Colorado State, 63 to 17. Beating Wyoming in a grinder 10 to 7. Knocking out Arizona as the number 17 team in the country 34 to 14. And then absolutely smashing Utah 38 to 8. And we'll talk more about that Utah game here in just a moment. They followed it up though with a huge game at number 17 Arizona State. The Cougars ranked number 13 in that game. They went to Tempe and got Beaten twenty-four to thirteen, then followed that up with wins over Long Beach State thirty to twenty-seven, and then absolutely blowing up, beating UTEP in El Paso sixty-eight to nineteen. So BYU finishes the year nine and two. They were six and one in the WAC. Arizona State matched them six and one in the WAC. Excuse me, so they were conference co-champions. Arizona State was number eighteen in the AP poll final rankings. BYU number twenty, and BYU actually did not play in a typical bowl game this year because the Fiesta Bowl was contracted to be the WAC Champions game. It's going to be played on Christmas Day that year, which was a Sunday. BYU, as we all know, does not play games on Sunday. It's a university policy. It's been that way for years. And BYU passed on the opportunity actually going into the season saying, if we make it to the WAC Champion or we become WAC Champions, we will forego playing in the fiesta bowl but BYU did go over to Japan the first of international trips for BYU football and played two exhibition games in Tokyo and had a great time there by all accounts when I was reading about this there were a lot of BYU fans out there talking about the experience that these players had going over to Japan the games were competitive because Japan very much was undersized the the all-star teams they put out there to face off against BYU, but Chris Pella, who ultimately became an assistant coach at BYU, also was a head coach at Utah State for a time, was the one who helped uh, get this tour on track, and BYU, by all accounts, had a great experience playing in Japan. Now, going back to that Utah game for a moment here, Wayne Howard had come in as the new head coach of the University of Utah. I had a lot of success coaching it down at Long Beach State. Well, after BYU uh, went up, I believe they were up 38, uh, was, I think it was 38-8 to eight in that game. So it was late in the game, with a couple minutes to go. Well, Mark Wilson was pulled from the game. He was the starting quarterback at this point of the season for BYU. And he was actually 560-some-odd yards, just a little bit short of the record for passing yards in a game. Now, the controversy began is when BYU reinserted Mark Wilson into that game to get the record. They went, put him back in, and he went in and pa- ended up passing for 571 yards. It set the record for passing yards in a game, funny enough, set by a Utah State quarterback. I'm pulling this up here as I go along live on air, and live on air is usually not necessarily the right way to do it, but the record was set by Tony Adams in 1972, also against the University of Utah, but Wilson went back into that game just a little bit short of the record, ended up passing for 571 yards, and when that happened, Wayne Howard took excessive to that making this famous comment quote the hatred between BYU and Utah is nothing compared to what it will be it will be a crusade to be BYU from now on unquote Wayne Howard to his credit never backed down from making those comments even in later life he actually ended BYU's winning streak in this series next year we'll talk about 1978 in next edi- in the next edition of Locked on Cougars on Monday, uh, but it was kind of funny to hear that quote. It came from 1977, and uh, there might be something to be had there when you put a quarterback back into a game just to go out there. I think he completed three total passes to get the record, sets the record, and gets right back out of the game, but obviously it kind of made things a little awkward between the universities, but uh, all that typical, all the atypical of BYU and Utah and their rivalry. I thought it was a cool quote from Wayne Howard and obviously it's lived on for many, many years now, but kind of funny uh, how things shake out that way, but uh, one of those quotes, one of those all-timers when it comes to BYU and Utah and the Holy War rivalry. So there you go. Everything you guys need to know about 1977, Mark Wilson emerges in the shadow of a, well not the shadow but the specter of a season-ending injury for Gifford Nilsson. Nilsson would end getting drafted by the Houston Oilers, spent some time in the NFL before embarking on a lengthy and absolutely incredible sportscasting career in the greater Houston area. So things worked out for him, and also we'll talk about Mark Wilson. He had some things work out for him as well. We'll talk about that. the run of BYU legendary quarterbacks. We're about to kick it off, folks. 1978, 79, 80. Think of the run we're going to go on over the next week or so here on the podcast. It is going to be a ton of fun, and hope you guys will be along for the ride. Alright, as promised, we're going to let you hear from Tom Homo, BYU Athletic Director, here next as we round out this Friday edition of the show. We'll get to that in mere moments, but first, today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Built Bar, folks. I absolutely love built Bars. I crave them. They are absolutely delicious. I cannot say enough good things about these protein bars, but good things are probably what it's all about. They're healthy for you guys. That's the best part. They taste incredibly delicious, like candy bars. They're high protein, high fiber, low sugar, low calorie. They're perfect for whatever you might be doing with your health journey. Whether you're on the keto diet, trying to lose weight, trying to maintain weight, maybe even pack on some extra muscle. It's got that pure whey protein in a delicious treat. It's the perfect compliment. I mean that sincerely. You can go to built bar.com Order your package now of your favorite flavors, and if you haven't ordered at Built bar I might recommend you order what they call their variety pack. It comes with their nine base flavors, two bars of each. You can try all eighteen of the bars, find out what you like, and then go back and order what you like the next time in a customized box. While you're there, Biltbar.com. Let's save you some cash along the way. Save fifteen percent right now by using the promo code LOCKED15 at Biltbar.com. You heard that right, L-O-C-K-E-D one five for fifteen percent off the best tasting protein bars in the world give them a shot now that's builtbar.com promo code lock 15 and get enjoying the best tasting protein bars with built bar all right, folks, before we go here on a Friday, going to go a little over time today, but nonetheless, it's a holiday weekend. You probably are driving or doing something. You can spend a little extra time listening to the podcast. We're going to get to Tom Homo's comments here in just a minute. First things first, though, is congratulations to Trevin Osler of Bountiful High School. He is committed to be a member of the BYU football program. I think the storyline between him and Brady Christensen, both of them being from Bountiful High School, both of them being tall, lanky prospects. I believe Christensen was six foot six, two 250 pounds before going on a mission. Osler six foot five, two hundred and forty pounds. There's a lot of storylines that seem very similar between Trevin Osler and Brady Christensen. Will Osler's career pan out the same way that Christensen's will? We'll find out, but we're going to talk more about him as I have a chance. I need to sit down and watch his film more in depth to have a more informed opinion. So we'll talk more about Trevin Osler and his commitment next week on the podcast. But now, let's get to an interview. Tom Holm will join DJ and PK in the morning yesterday to talk about BYU, name, image, and likeness, and what he sees on the horizon for this new era of college sports. So here you go, a part of the conversation between DJ PK and Tom Homo, BYU Athletic Director, courtesy of the Zone Sports Network.
1: So at your media day, Tom, you guys were ahead of the game. There was a phrase, it's something for life. i am It's escaping me what you guys called it. Uh, Build for, built life, for yeah. life. And so obviously you're trying to get, uh, basically get your arms around this as far as, uh, po- as much as possible. Uh, what, jurisdiction or power or influence and all that stuff is the university going to have over kids as they start to go? Because we've seen already a couple on social media basically say, hey, I'm available. Let me help you.
2: (laughs) Um, It's a very good question. We feel that it's our responsibility to help educate them and train them. There's ways we can do that. I think a lot of these young people are in for a a great learning experience, Mm -hmm. which will come with some good experiences and some really tough experiences. Right now, that's what we're trying to do with Built for Life, is to accelerate programs that will help them learn how best to deal with these types of opportunities to make money. Uh, As you two and I know, who have been at this for a long time, the best way is not to say, hey, come, I'm available, come get me. You graduate, you get a great degree, you go out and get a good job, and you go to work five days a week from nine to five. That's how you start making money. From there, you know, maybe some creativity, some good breaks, some good uh, elbow grease, and you, you make a, a, a bigger amounts of money. But I think the key thing is trying to help them understand and prepare them for a job.
3: So do you have companies already contacting your kids or your uh, your uh, coaches and administrators? Are you already hearing from the community about wanting to get on board with this? I mean, BYU is a pretty powerful brand, but it's especially a pretty powerful brand within 10 or 20 miles of campus.
2: Yeah, I think the answer to that question is yes, 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 but in minimal um, opportunities. Some of our um, some people's companies in the state have come to us ahead of time. We're friends with them and said, hey, we would like to be involved in this. We think that we could use pure athletes, and we'd like to, in advertising. That's something that's kosher. You can, work, we can make that work. I think there's other people that are not coming to us, and they're just going right to the athletes, which is legal. That's fine. The issue that's really it's hard for us to deal with is we're I feel like, and I love these kids and we're with them a lot. We have a lot to do with their growth and development during this pe- period of time in their lives. And I just know that there's a lot of unscrupulous people out there that are going to take advantage of them. And that's why I'm saying with built for life and with the things that we're going to do with NIL behind the scenes, not just seeing how much money they can make, but we're trying to prepare them for these experiences that they are going to have if they get involved. Some are going to be great, and some are going to be really bad.
1: So, is the so-called maybe seediness side of it? Is that what concerns you the most?
2: Um, I don't. I think the, the one thing that concerns me the most is just that they they have a an opportunity to learn about what they can expect. And then it's never gonna be exactly we, we we go and we take classes in college and we learn and then we go out into the world and it's not quite how they taught us in college, but we have an idea of how it's going to be. And we we've done this for years. Every school in the state has educated their student athletes and it's not just about football and baseball and basketball and soccer. It's about a relationship, and it's about the way that we connect with our student-athletes. And this just speeds it up about 100 times, what it's been in the past.
3: Tom Homo joined us, BYU Athletic Director. Is this going to significantly change recruiting? I mean, there have already been kids, players, middlemen running around with their hands out. Is there going to be more of that? Is this going to make Kalani's head explode?
2: Well, I think it adds another component, a pretty significant component. But if you're like you guys have been in the business a long time, you realize that there's been a lot of under the table dealings that are not have not been legal with the NCAA that have been occurring from a free lunch to tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars. This right now opens the doors and kind of what they're saying is it lets the market go and see what happens. And I think that you're going to have recruiters that are still going to cheat. There's still, there's rules in NIL. This isn't just uh, all Katie bar the door. This is all down. This is, there's going to be people that still break rules. There's rules that say that you can't entice people to come to your school. You can't do that by just giving them money. Is that going to happen? Yeah, you all know when that's going to happen, but- You'd like to think that there's enough people that are in the NCAA, in membership schools, coaches, administrators, presidents, all those involved with athletics, that will try to do it right, to try to develop programs to help their student-athletes, and they'll have good experiences. I don't know if all those things that went down that were illegal in past years, wherever they happened, were good experience for the kids. I don't think it's a great learning experience. You're not teaching them a lot of good things by doing what by breaking the rules.
1: How much do you think this whole situation is going to evolve, meaning next year, or 5 years from now? There's all sorts of different things as it as it affects everything because there's stuff right now that we just don't know how it's going to play out.
2: I think that's exactly how it'll play out, PK. I, I just think that we're going to learn a lot real fast. The NCAA has come out with this, uh, I don't even know what they're calling it, it's an interim policy. I guess that is the best way to put it. We all anticipate that Congress will come out with a standardized plan because right now you have various ways, depending on which state your school's in, as to how this will be legislated. That's, gonna, that's difficult and nobody thinks that it can work that way. So we all anticipate, you know, time frame. uh, I'd say at least a year, maybe more, before something solid comes out. But in the meantime, we're going to learn. Right now at BYU, we, you know, in the state of Utah, there is no legislation, which, quite frankly, I think it's a benefit to all the schools in the state, and I think it'll be helpful for our student athletes in that we all are kind of on the same page and each one of our schools now can be able to regulate and assist student athletes to take advantage the best way they can with NIL. And I think that we put out something today that describes what our um, program is. It has to be that way if you don't, if you're not in a state that's legislated. And we feel that that will it's not written in pencil. But we'll be uh, we'll be changing it a lot in the next couple mm-hmm. weeks and months to adapt to what we learn from other schools and other parts of the country and some of the student athletes. I think a lot of what's a lot of it's going to be that student athletes are going to, through their social media contacts and the way just the way they communicate these days, which is very effectively, that they're going to learn from each other. They're going to learn from best practices how they might be able to participate in NIL. And look, don't get me wrong. I think that this is a long time coming. There's aspects of NIL that are going to be great. And I've said all along that I'm supportive of certain aspects of it. So today is a good day for our student-athletes. But it's also one of those things like when you send your – your children off to college, and you're like, okay,
0: I hope
2: I do as best I can, but you know that you're gonna get some calls back saying, hey, this isn't what I thought it was gonna be. And I think a lot of kids are gonna finally learn that you you have a name, an image, and a likeness, and you have to make of that what you make of it. There's not gonna be people that are going to be coming to all 631 of our student-athletes with deals. I think that some of our student-athletes will have great opportunities to make some money, and rightfully so. I think that's a great thing. And hopefully uh, they'll have been in a position where they'll make really good decisions and be involved with really good people. And if that's the case, that will be a, a very good thing for them.
3: BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo joining us. So as the name, image, and likeness rules take over, and there are a lot of boosters at a lot of schools that are smart and are savvy and are invested. And under the old rules, you know, something like Phil Knight, right? And the Nike money, and no one can deny the power and impact he's had on the Oregon Athletic Department. But now, with so many more rules open, it seems like some schools are going to have boosters set up. I don't want to call them shadow governments, or I don't know what to call them. But you know what I'm getting at. And they're going to be just off to the side, off campus, making sure the money flows, trying to give their school a competitive advantage. Are you worried about that?
2: It's going to happen. I'm not really worried about it, because it's going to happen. It's we're we're going to protect against that we don't want that to happen because it's illegal now it's going to be the reason that the NCAA compliance book rule book is like two inches thick is because coaches and administrators have caused so many laws to be written because they've they're going to try to find ways to get things done and new rules have to be put in place all the time so I, I think you're right, D.J., that there's going to be immediately people trying to figure out a way to, quote, unquote, beat the system. Mm-hmm. There are rules. They're very plain about what you can do. And each, each school has different rules now. Each state or many states have different rules. But there, you ask the question, am I worried about people cheating? I can't worry about that. We're just going to do what we do. We're going to prepare our kids the very best way we can.
1: No matter what club you're in as far as uh, a supporter, whether it's the Cougar Club, whether it's the uh, Crimson Club, from the highest, most famous, biggest donor down to the bottom, everybody wants to win. And everybody associated with BYU wants an, another 11-1 and season. If they don't want that, it's because they want it 12-0. and and that's just the way it is do you think or how much do you think this program going forward is going to help individual programs win
2: I don't I think what will happen is certain student athletes prospective student athletes will make their decision on what school they attend based on where the money's at I think that's how you could put it whether it's uh, you know they're going to get money under the table in a legal way which has happened for decades and which will continue to happen. But I think that hopefully, hopefully most of the schools, they recruit student athletes to come to their school for the right reasons, which are to get a great education, to sell the things that are, happen on your school that are dynamite and that have been advantageous for students for, forever. And then, to be able to have program, athletic programs that have great coaches and that have success and can develop and grow kids and make them better at their particular sport. And that in the, in the end, the student athletes come to a school and they, when they spend however much time they spend there, when they leave, they feel that they're better for going to that school. That isn't always the case. Look at the transfer portal. There are so many kids in the transfer portal now those kids aren't going to those schools necessarily uh, for the right reasons. They're, they're going for why. Well, I guess it could be their right reason. If they want to go just to make money and put themselves in a position to make as much money as they can, then that's where they're going to choose their school. We'd like to think that people aren't coming to BYU because they're going to make the most money while they're here. We think that we can put them because it's such a great institution and has such a great reputation for its, our graduates, that that's a great selling point. That's a huge competitive advantage for us. And that's what we're going to hang our hat on. It's always been that way, and it always will be that way.
3: BYUAD Tom Homo joining us. So uh, PK has a theory that there's so much, especially for football, but there's so much attention focused on high school sports that a kid can raise their profile locally, and if they stay and play college locally, well, then they're ahead of the game and, and building momentum and their ability to cash in on their name. Do you think this tips the balance of power when it comes to local recruiting, especially football, and, and basketball, too, to a lesser degree?
2: I think that, you know, PK, I would agree with that. I think that you look around the country... A lot of kids stay close to home because they have family, they feel comfortable, they have a great connection, and it feels right. And they think that they can accomplish everything that they want to accomplish by going to that local school. And I think the state of Utah, for all of our schools, I think we're in a great spot. The state of Utah has an incredible economy. Incredible economy. We have incredible schools. We have the great outdoors. We have so many things that are happening right now. And I hope, I hope that a lot of these kids will stay in the state because they'll be able to connect with the great opportunities that are here. They're, you know, in years past, maybe when I came in the olden ages, there might not have been as many things in the state. But I think now the locals, I think you're right, PK. I think that'll... I'd like to believe it's true, and I think you're right.
0: There you have it, BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo with DJ and PK in the morning. It's about half of the conversation. They went nearly 30 minutes with him asking about all various topics involving name, image, and likeness. If you guys want to hear the entire conversation, go to 1280thezone.com. The entire conversation is there in podcast form. Or you can search out DJ and PK in the morning, their podcast feed, wherever you might be listening to your podcast. It's available the entire edition or the entire episode of that interview and some great thoughts from Tom that we didn't even get to in the time we had allotted right here on this podcast. We're a little bit over time, but I also wanted to get quickly to some conversation pieces that we had. I've been doing these questions of the day or it's I guess not I haven't been doing. I started it yesterday. July new month starting something new here on the podcast. We're going to have a question of the day every day here on the podcast. And the question I asked yesterday is What do you think in terms of the percentage of BYU athletes who will benefit from name, image, and likeness? And in addition to that, a secondary question, what sponsorships, what endorsement deals do you want to see BYU athletes have? Well, first thing came in from Evan Adams at E Adams 51 saying, I don't even have a business, but I'm thinking I should pay Mason Wake to be my personal brand manager. He projects what I hope people think about me. Quote, I will either smash you in the face or leap over you. Either way, nothing is stopping me. That was a great one. Well done, Evan. And funny enough, Mason Wake actually responded and said, I'd be honored with the crying, laughing emoji. So thank you, Evan, for weighing in on that. Other responses that came in, Donald Lee at Pato underscore Donald 80. He said that he believes that uh, less than 7% of BYU athletes will actually make money. I would disagree with you there, Donald. It may not be big money, but I think actually the majority of BYU student athletes, if they play it right, they have to do their part, let's be clear about this, can make some money off of this. It's not going to be thousands of dollars, but they could put some extra scratch in their pockets. I think that's my personal opinion. Then he adds endorsements he'd like to see. America First Credit Union, Zion's Bank, The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Those are all pretty low-hanging fruit. Vivint Solar, Qualtrics, BYU TV, Domo, Chukarama with a crying laughing emoji. If a BYU offensive or defensive lineman, in particular a nose tackle, is not sponsored by Chuckarama. What are we doing here? So that's a good one, Donald. Also, Costa Vida, BYU. BYU can't sponsor their own athletes, if I'm not mistaken, so that won't work. Newskins, Smiths, and doTERRA. Good list there. Thank you for weighing in on that. And then finally, Weston G at lg 3 He said, I can't help but wonder how much Zach Wilson would have made this past season had NIL been a thing for him during that 2020 campaign. It's a great, great question, Weston because I think there's very much an argument to be made of just looking Okay, how much could have come out of this for him had he been able to have sponsorships. He may not have had those sponsorships going into the season but imagine at midseason he starts to see his profile rise with the NFL draft. Imagine how big that would have been for him and how much money he could have made along the way. Now some other responses on social media from Facebook. Ralph Prado put this out there. None of them right now, speaking of student-athletes benefit fitting he says zach wilson could have made some money under these new rules had he stayed i completely agree with that uh sherry evans farley says not nearly as much as he's making by leaving with the winking emoji There's no doubt about that what a 37 million dollar contract shane by the way says there are several that will make money off their social media accounts alone pretty quick yes they will he said i would also bet that we see several of the bigger name football and basketball players get something sooner rather than later Actually, funny enough, you're going to see those coming relatively quickly, I think. The Open Doors program that they've worked with on BYU, they have a lot of things out there. Right now, you yourself go to Open Doors, search out a BYU athlete, propose how much money you're willing to pay them to do a certain thing, and they can get back to you if they're willing to accept it. it. It's as simple as that. Kurt Hill also said on Facebook, I suspect this will become part of the recruiting pitch for schools moving forward. This is what enter school name here does to help BYU or whatever other athletes. Athletes and earn NIL money. In short, I think BYU will task someone on the staff with finding ways to produce money for players. The problem is, Kurt, is that BYU players cannot have recruiting uh, departments, athletic departments, they can't have people at the schools broker deals for them agents, however, can do that. We'll see how that shakes out on that front. And then also Eric Drage, the former BYU standout wide receiver. I would have made a killing as pretty as I am with the crying laughing emoji. Eric, you would have made plenty of money. I can tell you that much. You were just born, what, 40 years too late or too too early, not too late, 40 years too late to benefit from this. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of your guys's comments. Absolutely love hearing from you guys. It's so much fun to get your guys' thoughts on the podcast. And the question for this weekend, it's an easy one, low-hanging fruit once again here, is what is your favorite meal or what do you like to make on Independence Day weekend? Uh, Fourth of July, what do you do to celebrate? You grill up burgers? You're smoking something? What do you guys make to celebrate Independence Day? We'll get to your responses on Monday. I'll put it out on social media as well. We'll get to those responses next week. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of of Locked On Cougars. Cannot thank you guys enough for sticking with us a little bit longer. Or actually, a very long episode today. I think we're over 40 minutes here at this point, but nonetheless, it's been a ton of fun. A big thank you to Tom Homo, a big thank you to DJ and PK, and also a big thank you to all of you for your support of the podcast, as always. Follow it on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Interact with us there. Search out Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is Jacob C. Hatch if you'd like to weigh in with me there. And as always, feel free to send an email anytime time the show email address is locked on byu at gmail.com locked on byu remember in the start of this podcast we talked about how we were going to go with locked on byu well we didn't change the email address just don't tell byu about that all right that's going to do it a big thank you once again for joining us enjoy your weekend celebrating america happy birthday to this great nation i call home hope you guys are all doing great this has been the locked on cougars podcast for july 2nd 2021 and we will talk to you guys on monday